This is episode 84 of Sustainable Photography. And today we're going to cover something that I know you are interested in, and that is Pinterest. There is so much potential in Pinterest. I used to use it a lot and I had a great time going with it, but I haven't prioritized it lately. And that's why I'm so excited to hear from today's guest on how I can fit Pinterest into my marketing strategy and how you can as well. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, a podcast all about business tips, inspiration, and confidence building. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, the host of this podcast, and after over a decade as a photographer, I now help talented photographers run sustainable businesses. And for full transparency, you should know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I will probably mention some of those in this episode. Now you'll meet Jan Vasquez. She's the founder and chief Pinterest officer of Jan Vasquez Media. She's known to many as the Pinterest queen. She guides hyper-busy female service providers to create one streamlined marketing workflow. Hi, Jen. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Can you just start by saying who you are and how you became a Pinterest expert? Yes. So my name is Jen Vasquez, and I was in corporate America doing sales and marketing for years. And I have four kids, but back then they were younger. And I was tired of leaving for work when they were still sleeping and coming home when they've already gone to bed many nights because it was busy. And much to my husband's shock and surprise, I gave my two weeks notice one day and I had been photographing my son since he was born. And I was 20 when he was born. I was married and had him at 20. And I'd been photographing him forever, upgrading cameras, upgrading cameras, you know, just hobbyist type stuff. And then a few years before I gave notice, people had asked me so much to photograph them, friends. And then it was friends of friends. And my husband's like, you need to charge for this. Like, you know, what are you doing? And he said something to me that I will never forget. He said, when you do this for free, all the people that are in business are suffering because of it. I'm like, whoa. So I've always kept that in mind. (laughs) And everyone out there should as well. Of course, we want to do some nice things for friends and stuff. But when it gets out of your family and intimate friend circle, you need to make it a business. So I did that. And it was a side hustle for about two years. And since I was in sales and marketing, I felt very comfortable saying that I was going to make this a business because I kind of knew all of that stuff. And I had figured out the back end about galleries and editing and all the things during my sort of side hustle for those couple years. So in 2009, I started my photography business. It was family portraits at that time. You know, the days when we're new and we kind of do everything from new where we're sweating in the heat, photographing them and all the things, right? And I quickly narrowed in on weddings. I loved weddings. I loved the interaction with the family and with them and their friends and seeing the difference with them and their friends and them with their family and documenting everything like a fly on the wall, just seeing everything sort of unfold and having clients come back to me and say really cool things. And so that is primarily what I was doing. It is still primarily what I'm doing in my wedding photography business, but I've 
really dove into branding photography because A, I love it and it fits with my marketing, which I'll touch on in a sec. Because I'm 55 and I've been photographing for so many years, I am moving toward elopements or intimate weddings, like less than five hours. That's kind of what I'm kind of going for. And in order to do that, because a lot of people ask me how to do that, I just raised the heck out of my prices for anything over five hours and made it super juicy to have the less hours. So I can still kind of get details, but I'm not there all night with people getting drunk and dancing. Like, it's just not what I, (laughs) it's just not what I wanted, right? So in 2009, when I started my business, within the next month or so, I got an invite from a friend for this little thing called Pinterest. And just for everyone that's going, well, Pinterest didn't launch until 2010. You're right. This was in beta. (laughs) And this was by invitation only, very similar to Clubhouse. It grew Pinterest so quickly because everybody felt left out, that FOMO, right? And I recognized, we didn't really have social media then, right? Maybe Facebook, Facebook, I think 2004, and this was two things. So Facebook was like the only social media platform. They didn't even refer to Pinterest as social media back then, which is so interesting because it's like not, and yet everyone refers to it that way. But I recognize that it was like a search engine like Google or even like YouTube. And so I knew right away that this would be really effective. And I just did everything. I tried everything that they had, every way of doing it to see if I could find success. Because of course I wanted those analytics and to find out how that worked. The minute that business Pinterest accounts were available. I got that because then I got the analytics, which is how I was looking at what I was doing. And then just replicating whatever pins were doing well, making similar pins with different images and different words and see if it was the design or if it was the text. And I did that for all those years. And my business friends were asking me how to do it. And once again, I'm helping them to do Pinterest just because it's so cool and everyone needs to do it. And one of my business friends, like in 2016 said, I'm going to be honest with you. You should stop doing this. Stop wasting your time helping people, including myself and grow your wedding photography business even more. You're wasting time with this. Or jump and make it another business. And at that time, my son was a freshman or sophomore in high school and still needed me. I still had two kids at home. One kid was out, one kid was already married and I was not ready yet. But in 2018, when my son was a senior, I'm like, this is it. We are lunching. And now we have a Pinterest agency. I have a team behind me that helps me to do all the things and run two businesses. And every Tuesday, I do not work. I do not touch my phone. I'm on the floor playing with my grandbabies. And it's, I've just set up my business to be exactly what I want it to be. And I, I'm just super happy about it. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Oh, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) No, but that's great. Cause you've designed the life that you want. Basically you've used your business to get the most out of the things you want. Correct. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So what's a sustainable business to you? What is it? Yeah. And that's a great question. And I don't think too many people really think about it. They'll think about how much money they want to make 
of course, all the time. They'll think about goals that they should have or quarterly goals for their business. But to me, a sustainable business means not just the business is paying for itself, right? The work that you're doing and the money you're making is paying for itself, but you want more than that, right? That's a sustainable business. But what I throw in and what I really coach my clients on as well is a sustainable business means that there is a balance, which is very hard between working too much or too little and which things do we want to make sure we're doing and being consistent with FYI marketing and which things are okay to let fall sometimes like our perfectionism and, you know, all those things. So a sustainable business is a very profitable business, but also it's a good balance where you're enjoying life and then you're enjoying your business right? That's hard to find that balance sometimes. And so literally every month at the beginning of the month, I ask myself that question again. And about two months ago, I want more time with my grandbabies. So now I've blocked half a day on Fridays, the Friday mornings, which are usually pretty dead anyway. And to compensate when I'm not photographing an elopement or something else on the weekends, or it's not a family event of some kind, I'm working and I'm okay with that because I want to help my children, but I also want to form that relationship with my grandkids and I want a successful business too. I want it all. And so every month I assess how to make sure that happens. Perfect. Okay. That sounds great. That's a good definition. Not easy guys at all. (laughs) No, but it sounds pretty good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Pinterest today and I started using Pinterest a few years ago and it worked really well. Like I used the strategies I learned and my account grew really well. And I was getting all these cool inquiries to do elopements all over. It was in the middle of the pandemic, so I couldn't go anywhere, but still got the inquiries, which is pretty cool. Same with the Bay Area. We were super closed down, but yes. (laughs) So since then, I've kind of lost a little bit track of it because there's so much happening. So can you just tell us a little bit about What's going on with Pinterest now? Like, what do we have to make sure to do now to stay on top of Pinterest? Sure. Pinterest is an amazing, well, I think it's an amazing platform, right? Because it is a low barrier for time. If you work it right and you have the right workflow, Pinterest is perfect. If you take your business goals, add them to the Pinterest best practices, figure out a way to put that in your workflow and that equals success on Pinterest. So I always say, don't look at being successful on Pinterest. Look at growing your business with Pinterest. And to that end, Pinterest very much changes things and changes things and changes things, which makes us creators super irritated and frustrated, understandably so, But ultimately, every change they make is really for the better. So I remember two to three years ago when they changed the analytics. Everyone freaked out because we were at a big number, like I was at a million, and I dropped to 250,000. So of course, irrationally, I said, oh my gosh, Pinterest is not working. I found out on the back end, and I'll let you know about that in a second, but it leads me to one tip with Pinterest. Don't look at the 
analytics on how many monthly users they are for success. You want to look at those to see incremental growth over time. The numbers you want to look at every month to see success is your outbound clicks and your pin clicks. So outbound clicks are when a pin is somewhere in your feed and you say, hmm, that's interesting, and you click on the pin. That's a pin click. It opens up. You have that image on the left. You have the description and the title on the right. And if someone says, ooh, I want to know more, then they click again. That's the outbound click. That's the click that takes them directly to your content. Those are the clicks that are really important. But when you're looking at Pinterest, you want to look at, I'm giving something away free here, my Pinterest resources. In there is a Pinterest analyzer and you log your Pinterest analytics each month, not freaking out about it, but you can see if things are going up, if certain things go down, if my saves go down, but my outbound clicks are up, I don't care, (laughs) right? I mean, saves, your followers, the amount of people that see your stuff, all of those lead to pins and outbound clicks. So they're important numbers. They're not vanity numbers, but the grow your business numbers are those pin clicks and those outbound clicks. And because they changed the analytics, everyone, myself included, were freaking out. But what we found was they were giving us analytics for our pins that were going to other people's content and were clicking and saving on those other people's Pinterest accounts. That's not really our analytics. It may drive traffic from their site, which growing your business, that is what you want. That's important. But you don't want those numbers in your numbers because they're not your real numbers, right? Your real numbers are the numbers for the pins that you do. So if my pin is everywhere and people are clicking on it, I'm going to get the results for that. And I'm going to get traffic to all the other pins. And that's totally okay as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And I actually remember that and how the numbers kind of went down, but I had already learned that it was all about the link clicks and stuff. So I wasn't worried. How they're doing the analytics. Yes. And the other thing too, is that in G4 and the Google Universal, which is going away. So if you don't have G4 upgrade ASAP, it's not hard. When you go into the back end of that, you go into the social media area, you can see where all your content is coming from. And I will confess, all last year, I spent about 80% of my marketing time on Instagram. And I literally only spend an hour a week on Pinterest, myself or my team. I still do it for myself because I like to keep my hand in it. (laughs) And I do with clients too. I rotate client. I want to make sure I'm doing all of it. So in 2023, what should we be doing to make sure that our work is being seen and we get those link clicks that we want? Yes. I would say there's four things that you should do sort of in general-ish. Might three, maybe five, we'll see. But number one, keywords are the most important thing on Pinterest. They are the secret sauce to finding success on Pinterest. And you don't need to use hashtags anymore because they don't do anything. They're not clickable. And using the words that you would use for the keywords within the writing like a human being, that is very effective. So using keywords is important. But what's surprising that most people don't do is all the places that you need to use keywords. So you need to use keywords in your name. 
So elopement photographer slash Jen, right? In your name instead of Jen Vasquez. Obviously you want keywords all over your profile description. You want keywords in all of your boards. Don't make them cutesy names, make them specific names. Like I have pink weddings, blue weddings, you know, for all of my photos will go to some of those boards. You want them in your board description. You want them in your pin title. You want them in your pin description. And for photographers, I'm just going to call you out just a tiny bit. If you're just pinning photos, you're not going to be growing your business. And I'll tell you why. They're gorgeous photos. They're going to give you saves. They're going to give you a tremendous amount of growth on Pinterest, but it's deceiving if you're not getting jobs from it because they tend to be 16-year-old girls on a future wedding board, which maybe you'll be able to photograph them in 10 years if you're still photographing. So the saves are, again, are an important part of your analytic picture, but they're not everything. And unlike some Pinterest experts that will tell you just create pins with graphic text over it and the images in it, I say do both. And I say do both because the gorgeous images are going to get you those saves and those high analytics, which is going to lead to more people clicking on your pins. So keywords everywhere is important. And we're photographers, so we have a naming scheme, the way that we name our photos. And if you're starting that name with the couple's name, that's a waste of time. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, at least for Pinterest, but also for you on the back end. So like I do date 2023-12-02, instead of the couple's name, even I say weddings, because I do other photography too on occasion. Then I'll do the venue name. If it's a house, I'll probably put the street. I don't know how I would do that. Then I put the city, then I put the state. And then I put the couple's name, which is great because the couple's name is right next to the dot and the number, right? By doing that, those are keywords. Pinterest reads the actual name of the graphic to understand where they're going to be sending this pen off to. So that's one area that you kind of miss, people kind of miss. So keywords, number one. Number two, an optimized profile. Like in your description of your profile, you want to make sure you're not just saying, I love jazz and coffee and my cat and blah, 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 blah. Like who cares? That's literally what people are going to think. You want to touch on pain points that your client may have or what they're kind of looking for. So I always say, I help fun, playful, adventurous couples tie the knot, like whatever it is. And then you talk about it. I love photographing in Yosemite and Big Sur. Like list these areas. If you love wedding venues, certain wedding venues, list those wedding venues in that description. And yes, there is a limit on it. So you need to be creative. But optimizing that, including having a photo for your cover, a lot of people will put a gorgeous wedding image up. And I think that's what I have right now, which we're changing because What I found was you have 2.5 seconds for people to see your content and understand what you do specifically. So the best picture to have, of course, a picture of a couple getting married is great if you don't have it. But the next time you get a chance, bring a stand, take some behind the scenes video or have an assistant, take a photo of you photographing the wedding. And do not worry about being dressed cute with nice hair and makeup and all that stuff because it's going to be behind you. (laughs) They're not even going to see you. And the fact is, is that they're focused on the couple. So 
an optimized profile is very important. Keywords, optimized profile. Picking the right content, I think is really important to use Pinterest to grow your business. Just the wedding blogs are not enough. I'm just going to say it (laughs) and disappoint everyone because that's already hard enough for us to do, right? You need to have educational content. The good thing is when you write this educational content, and I recommend having 10 to 15 of these types of blog posts because it helps rotate. More than 12 is a sweet spot because I'll tell you a secret. And you want to start, and you can just write this down on a list. You want to start with the first thing. You're engaged, now what? Right? I have tips like don't post on social media till you've called your parents. Like, you know, all these little things that you don't think about. You're so excited, right? How to pick a wedding date, how to go wedding dress shopping. And you can do your own research on all the different websites and put together information that you believe. We don't have to copy and paste. We can just use those as inspiration. But you want to do everything that goes through the way, including like an engagement session. Where should you do your engagement session? On mine, I think I talk about go to the place where you love going the most. So I've photographed people inside a movie theater. Oh, you bet I did. (laughs) I got in the front. And photographed my client for like two minutes. Everyone's all, yay! It was crazy. So having those blog posts, A, are going to grow your business by getting you found more on Google. Also, every year, every month, pick one and update it. Along with all the blogs that you're doing. So the hardest work will be to write these 12 or so educational posts. By the way, any questions you always get often, often, often from clients, do that. I like having an FAQ on your website and each FAQ is a blog post so they can click on. That would be the best. And then you're updating them every month so that last year's content is updated with the new date. You go through and update it in case your opinions have changed or you make it more beefy, a little bit more words, like whatever you want to do. Those can be pinned all the time. Those can be pinned. I usually take each week, I'll pick a different blog post. And because I have 15 to 20, I'm not repeating them too often that look spammy for Pinterest, right? So educational content, your wedding content, of course, and every photographer is different especially wedding photographers. They wonder why have an email list, which I totally understand. But an email list is literally how I get all my referrals. <laughs> that is yep. percent <laughs> of my business comes from. So I will always have a, an email list. I take them after the wedding and I put them into my normal one. So if I ever do mini sessions twice a year or whatever, that's the email list that it goes to. But you want a lead magnet that gets people on that list. The two lead magnets that for me have been the best are an emergency kit, the wedding day emergency kit. And I just created a kit. Of course, they have Amazon information in there so I can get paid extra money. And the five things to do after you get engaged, because that's the time when most couples are doing most of their research and looking on the internet. So keywords, profile, picking the right content. And last is this is in particular for photographers, 
using location-based keywords on 90% of your content. So on the title of your blog post, you should have the venue name and the city and state for sure. And when you're pinning, you want to do the same. And I have people that immediately come to me and say, I'm a travel photographer. I don't want to do that. I want to be open to anybody because anybody can book me. But people are smart. They'll go to your website. They can search on your Instagram. They'll look at the locations. They'll make an assumption of where you are and they'll assume that they're not going to be able to afford travel. So I always say be specific. Now, if you're already traveling or you have traveled and you write a blog for that location, then you want to pin for that location and people in that location make assumptions that that's where you live because that's the place that you photographed. That's how you can still really take advantage of travel photography. And I'm telling you, maybe 20% of photographers do that. I have done enough audits through... Last year in October, Pinterest hand picked me as one of 25 people, 25 Pinterest experts to be in their Pinterest business community. And the very next month, Tailwind asked for me to help with education. And so I do Pinterest audits live for them every couple months or so. And through that, I was shocked <laughs> how many people, how many photographers or local service-based businesses don't use location-specific keywords anywhere, but Pinterest for sure, because they want everyone to see it. So I always say, take five pins, make two of them non-location-specific, but make three super-specific. One is the gorgeous wedding at XYZ Venue, or San Jose, California wedding in the winter, or all these things that will really draw in your ideal client who is local and you don't have to try. Like that's the easy, easy thing to do. So I would say those are the biggest tips and, and changes over the years. Yeah, because when I started, it was like, you should pin, I think it was 25 pins a day. 20 to 30. Yeah, I know. 20 to 30. And they were like, I don't remember the percentages, but a certain amount should be your own and then the rest should be other people's. Oh. 80% should other people's pins and 20% should be your pins. So do you want to know the stats now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously, right? <laughs> no, I always tell people, so photographers in general have more photos than anyone else. So anyone else, I would say one to two pins a day. Because you're photographers, I would say three to four pins a day because two of the pins can be from your content and two of the pens or even three of the pens a day can be your gorgeous photos. So my workflow is we call sneak peeks and then we call for blogs. Typically, those are our favorite of our favorites. We're already saving them as social media size to put on our website. Stick those and put them in a Pinterest folder, either a separate Pinterest folder or a Pinterest folder in every client, however you want to do it. Then I will take my five favorite photos and I will make pin graphics with a text overlay of those five photos and the words that tell them people why to click. And all the other photos that were on my blog are all now going to get scheduled out on Tailwind. I mean, that's nothing compared to how much it used to be. I have a wedding client in particular. She was doing 15 a day and her analytics, she hired me as her Pinterest manager. We were not doing 10 or the price is going to be totally different. 
but it was hard for her. And what I did was I took her down by a couple pins, let it go for a month, took her down by a couple pins, let it go for a month. The minute we got at between five and six and we let Tailwind pick the times because it's very good at doing that, her analytics just went crazy. So you have to find the sweet spot for yourself. So without doing the analytics every single month, you don't know what's best and what's trending and what's doing well. And when you make a change, like the number of pins you're going to do a day, you want to wait a month or two to see kind of how it goes because our pins go in the system and we're really not going to see the height of growth until three to four to five months later. Some of my top 10 pins are from seven years ago. It's so embarrassing, but they're still getting me clients and the clients are so happy when they get their photos because they they booked me off as something I did seven years ago. It's kind of crazy. So pins last forever. The other thing I wanted to add that I forgot in that four things that you should do, I'm going to add a fifth one and everyone should know this. You have to be consistent, period, the end. Some of my clients take them once a month. We'll spend two or four hours pinning for the whole month. Most of my clients spend an hour and just pin for the week into the next week. If they have a vacation, they just add more hours to whatever time they're already pinning to be able to build up. And then they go on vacation, they relax, they don't have to worry about it. That's almost impossible, at least for me in Instagram. So it's very forgiving too. (laughs) Okay, that sounds great. This is just a reminder to say that the podcast is here to support you. So just let me know what you're struggling with and what you want me to talk more about on the podcast. You'll find me on Instagram, I'm at Ingvild Kolnes, and you can just send me a message there. I think it's important to remind people that Pinterest isn't like, oh, you just pin a pin and then you get a client. It takes a while to gain traction. And I think that's worth noting. And the fact that it stays for so long and you can get uh, clients from it years later, that's brilliant. And I don't think enough people use this Pinterest. Correct. And I will say one mistake that people make, not just photographers, really, truly everyone, but photographers in general, because we're a high ticket offer on the wedding photographer side anyway, we're so excited that a client comes to us. We, of course, ask that question. How did you find me? They're like, oh, Instagram. And you're like, oh, great. Instagram's working. Well, I did a study of all of my clients in 2021. I had 80%. These numbers are rough. I don't have a paper in front of me. 80% Instagram, 30% Pinterest, I think. And then email and other things, referrals, that kind of thing. I went back and asked every single client. I contacted every single client and had a conversation. And it turns out that 80% of people found me from Pinterest and 30% found me from Instagram. What happens these days, the normal client journey, and I'm going to just use a wedding couple as an example, they get engaged, they get excited, they go on to Pinterest, they're looking at wedding dresses, and they're looking at venues, and they're looking at color themes. Those are the three things that they first do after they're engaged, because they're so excited, right? They'll pin things here, there, everywhere. And then 
they're going to go ahead and go back through the pins as they start making decisions and as they start picking things. They find a picture that they like and it's a photographer. Wow, that's in their area because of course I have the area for all of my, this is one of my clients. I'm giving you an example of what she said to me. You know, I was like, wow, she's like in San Jose. Look at the pin. It says San Jose wedding. Even if I wasn't in San Jose, that was the assumption, right? So she clicks on it, of course, goes to the blog post, loves the images at that venue, looks more for my information. And she does this with everything she purchases or every service she buys. She went to Instagram. It's to see, because Instagram, we learn more personally about a person. Pinterest and your website is more informational, right? But Instagram is your face to camera. It's the things that you say, the things you talk about, what inspires you, what you think is important. All those things are in your social media account. She didn't even follow me on Instagram, I might add. (laughs) She sent me a DM through Instagram saying, send me your pricing as you know, everyone does. And then I have my reply that says, let's do a little chat so we can talk about what you're looking for and I can give you a better estimate according to your budget of something that we could do to work together. We have the conversation. She books me. I asked again, how did you find me? Oh, Instagram. It's so great. I said, oh my gosh, I didn't even see you following me. She goes, I know I'm so bad at following people. I just like to stalk. I'm like, okay, cool. One and a half years later, I call her from Instagram and she goes, actually, I found you from, she said the wedding venue name. I'm not going to say it here, but I found you from the wedding venue. It was a picture that you did and it was on Pinterest. That is a replica of what every single client who was Instagram and then they completely flip-flopped. So from now on, I ask people how they found me. And if they say Instagram, I ask two questions. Oh, okay, were you referred to me? So then you like looked me up on Instagram or did you use a hashtag? Because of course we'll want to know what that is, right? And that's where they almost always pause. And I've had people say, no, actually, I found you on Google through the venue that I'm getting married at. Or, no, I found you on Pinterest because you had a, a photo on there. And I'm like, I want my photographer to get this photo at that venue. And then when I was booking photographers, found that you were actually local. So please ask clarifying questions, even if someone tells you Instagram. Because now all my clients, especially my Pinterest management clients, know to do that. And they are shocked at what they find out. Shocked. Yeah, I believe it because I find the same things as well, especially when I have a podcast. And if I ask people how they found me, if they want to work with me, they're like, yeah, Instagram. And it's like, but you messaged me on Instagram and you told me you found my podcast. I'm telling you, it's a little crazy. And... That's going to change too, I'm sure, in a few years. So for right now, because photographers are not using location-specific keywords or rarely that I'm seeing, because not a lot of photographers are actually using Pinterest to market their business, they're just putting pictures up there so their clients can go look at their portfolio. Uh, because Pinterest is the smallest social media engine compared to a TikTok and an Instagram and a Facebook, there's very little competition on there for you. And I always recommend people don't put it on your to-do list. Go do it now. Even if it's not perfect, at least get started in that process for sure. 
But I mean, since Instagram is usually, it's a part of it because people go to Instagram to get to know you. It is 100% a part of it. I still have an Instagram. I just post less than I was. I'm on there less than I was, you know, all the Instagram experts, you got to go on, you got to comment, you got to like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm not spending my time on that. I would rather spend that precious energy on Pinterest or Google with my website blog, where people are going to consistently be coming in a stream to my business and be able to have photos on there and be able to engage with people. But I just go on like, every day or so and see if there's any questions and do posts and things. So I think it is imperative you have one and it's imperative that you use the exact same people don't even think about this because you kind of set it and forget it with Pinterest, which we should not do, but you want to use the same image profile image on Instagram as you do on Pinterest because it makes it easier for them to find you. That makes sense. But do you pin from Instagram? Can you pin from Pinterest to Instagram or just your website? Theoretically, you can take an idea pin on Pinterest and you can share it in your story, but it's not pinnable to drive people to Pinterest. So I have done that, but I use the sticker link and link to my Pinterest. That's a lot of work and it's not as effective. So that's not something I would recommend, but try it. Like I'm all for trying whatever works for you. I used to create pins for things on Instagram and drive people to Instagram also, but I have not been doing that lately. And I don't do that for my clients because I don't know that it's as effective from Pinterest to drive them to Instagram where they land on it and they don't know what to do with it. I mean, they're looking at it. They're going to find out more about you. Most people, when you go to Pinterest and you have something posted, you want to learn about that a little bit more in depth. You don't want just a short little, I mean, I guess the captions can be longer, but you know what I'm saying? Like their assumption is it's going to go to purchase something or go to get educated. And you want to, a part of Pinterest best practices is whatever you're promising on that pin, you want to take them directly there. Another mistake that I'm seeing, it just dawned on me because I just saw this yesterday doing an audit. People are just linking their website. And from a pinner's perspective, if I see a cute girl in a cute outfit, maybe it looks like a branding photo and I click on it and it just dumps me on their website. I wanted to see the images from that shoot or I wanted to see where to buy those clothes. You know, some people, right? Going to their website, guess what I do? I go right back to Pinterest to find somebody else which means that Pinterest knows that somebody just went from your Pinterest account to your content and came right back. And when that happens, your reach on Pinterest, what the algorithm is going to be showing your pins to, who they're going to be showing your pins to, is going to go down and down and down. Links that are broken are the worst for your account. They're the only pins you should delete on Pinterest. That makes sense. Yeah, I had help from someone a few years ago setting up mine and I had two languages on my website, English and Norwegian, and she messed it up and she linked my English pins to my Norwegian site. And to this day, I still have like 80 or 90% bounce rate due to that. It was a lot. So I gave up. Yeah, on a situation <laughs> like that, I would go to Upwork 
and find someone who wants to do that data entry to go in and you have two options, right? Sometimes pins, you can update the link. Most of the time you can't. It's kind of just a strange thing. Just go in and delete them because you don't want to delete all of them at once either. Again, that seems very spammy. So I would say once a week or once a month, I would say once a week would be better or every other week, however you want to do it. Go on, delete 20 to 30 of them, go off and go do the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. Because getting rid of that 80% bounce rate, you're going to be shocked at what your analytics do just from that if you did nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, I believe you. But can we really talk about Pinterest without mentioning Tailwind? Yes, we can, which is shocking. Okay. As a wedding photographer or a photographer of any kind, I would say I would never not have Tailwind. I'm just sharing my honest truth. And they have a free plan. I can give you my Tailwind link. It's a free plan. It is incredible. But Pinterest has an in-platform scheduler. You can schedule up to, I believe it's two weeks out. These things change a lot, so bear with me. But I think it's up to two weeks out and you can schedule up to 30 pins. So if you do a little bit of pinning each week and schedule them out for the week or even into that next week, you can totally do that. But I would say with a free plan, the free plan is only 20 pins a month. But you can do the rest of the scheduling if you want in platform, but at least see how amazing it is. And they have AI built in and the AI that they have, it's called Ghostwriter and you can see it in your tailwind on the left side, you'll see AI lab. They have 42 different things you can do from creating TikTok skit like scripts to everything. And one of the newest things is from article to blog. and. I created a blog that was amazing. I did go in and put a few of my own types of ways of saying things because you want your brand voice throughout. But throughout it, you pick each step of the way. You pick which thing you like, which thing you want. You have a place where you can make sure that there are certain keywords you have in that that you want to like rank for. Under three minutes and I had a blog done. So anyone doing those educational blogs, (laughs) consider that. I gave up ChatGPT that I was paying for because it's so good. Okay, that's really interesting. But I mean, what I remember from when I used to do this in Tailwind, you can schedule out pins and you can say like, okay, so this pin goes to this board today and then next week it's gonna go to that board. Do you need Tailwind to do that or does it not work like that anymore? You need Tailwind to do that. It is what I recommend. But what is different from what I used to recommend a couple of years ago to now is we used to take the same graphic and go to 10 boards. You don't want to do that anymore. You want one graphic only to go up to about two boards, maybe three if you're trying to stretch your content out. But again, with photographers, we have these gorgeous photos. We should never really have that much of a need no more than two boards because, you know, you heard a couple years ago about the whole fresh pins. You want to make sure you have fresh new images. And so when you're doing the same pin to a different board, even though it's not a repin, right? You're not going to that board for that pin and hitting repin to another board. That's not good either. But you're actually newly pinning the same graphic to another board. 
And it is okay for one, maybe two boards. But when you get beyond two boards, analytics seem to slip. That's what I notice on the back end of my client's Pinterest, where I do Pinterest for them. And so that's what I'm recommending for people now. That's why I recommend five pins for every blog. And if they go to two or three different boards, then you can spread them out. But then you also have the gorgeous images. And if you put all the rest of the images from your blogs, I'm guessing 25 to 35 more images, and you put them to one or two boards, you're golden. You really do, though, want to make sure that you're pinning that fresh new graphic to the most appropriate board. So for instance, if I have something about a wedding, I'm going to put it in wedding inspiration. I'm going to put it in, you know, all the different like wedding things, maybe pink weddings, if it had pink in their theme. And then the second board will be my name brand board, Jen Vasquez Photography, because everybody should have their business name as a board. And also a board that is always so often clicked and has gotten me clients is having a free wedding resources board. Because when someone's brand new (laughs) to planning their wedding, it is overwhelming. And I take all of the content that I have. And then I will also, when I come across any blog articles from Brides Magazine or Zola or The Knot that I think are actually accurate and helpful because some of them aren't, and especially with pricing, I will go ahead and pin those on occasion to that board. I want one board that these wedding couples know that there's good quality content on there. So a lot of people ask, when we're talking about that 80, 20 percentage, it kind of went 100% your content, no one else's. Now you can do your content and do some other people's content if you want, because like Tailwind has communities on the back end, which are amazing at getting traffic. (laughs) They're amazing. So anytime you pin one of your pins to the group, you have to pin one of the group pins to your content. Well, I will look at it. If it's good content, I'll put it in free resources. If it's a pink colored bridesmaids desk, I'm going to put it to that pink wedding board. I'm not pinning any other photographers in my area, but I pin photographers everywhere else because they're, someone in San Jose is not going to be booking or may not be booking a New York photographer to come to San Jose most often unless they already know them, not because they found them on Pinterest, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everything we talked about now, it's been like, oh, it used to be like this and now it's like that. And then a couple of years ago, it was like that. And now it's like this. How can we stay on top of this? Because it's there's a lot of changes. I totally agree. And one tip I give everyone all the time, anywhere that I'm talking about Pinterest, look at the content. If the content is older than six months, it may not be accurate. If it's less than six months, it could be accurate, but test it. Don't go all in on what someone says. And keep in mind that strategy for a Pinterest expert that they're talking about giving you like this strategy, it should be a workflow, not a strategy. Because no matter who you work with, whether it's me or some other Pinterest expert or going to YouTube or doing this, that, or the other, that's great. That's awesome. But if, again, if it's content older than a certain amount of time, it may be old. Take it with a grain of salt. Take whatever for strategy 
what are your business goals? Whatever your business goals are, make sure you're following Pinterest, you know, best practices, which is everything I was just talking about. How many times you pin, how many times Pinterest has the information on their website. You have to find it. You have to dig deep, but it's there. And that should be your strategy. Workflow is how you fit doing this Pinterest work into your marketing. And that I find very easy too, because whenever you, what your marketing workflow typically starts with your content, right? You have a blog from a wedding. Let's just say, let's not even talk about the education side of it, but you have a blog from a wedding. You're going to probably pin it. You're going to put it on Instagram and you're going to probably put it on Facebook. That's typically what most wedding folks are doing. Take that next step, put it onto Pinterest put it onto TikTok if you're on there. Like whatever you're sharing, share it on all the platforms. And don't worry about putting content like right after you put it on Instagram, immediately putting it on Facebook. Nobody sees all of the content on all platforms all at once. It never happens. The only caveat to that if you've made a really cool five tips to XYZ and weddings on TikTok and you download it, don't just auto share it to Instagram. Instagram does not like TikTok. They don't want TikTok on there. You're not going to get a lot of views that way. Download it, go to SnapTik, take that logo off and then take it, share it to Instagram Reels, share it to Pinterest as an idea pin, share it to OneBoard, share it to Pinterest as a video pin on another board. One piece of content should go to all the platforms. So when you're doing pinning, it should be from the content you already have. If you create a header with photos from that wedding, right? On the top of your blog and you're in Canva doing that, you might be in something else doing that, but however you do that, at the same time, just size it for Pinterest, which then you can use as a reel or you can use as a story, right? When you're doing graphic work, think of all your platforms and make all the sizes. When you're writing your blog post and you're talking about this wedding, copy it and I put it in my notes so that when I go to social media to do all uploading all the information on social media, or if I go to Tailwind to do Instagram, like whatever your process is, have those notes. So you just copy and paste. When you're writing the blog, it's so much easier to make a summary of it right then instead of going, what happened at that wedding? Because we're all tired, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good idea because it doesn't usually take a lot just to make sure that you get to post it on multiple places and to just get that little bit of extra out of it. But if you start from scratch every single time you're going to post something and on every platform, you are going to get exhausted and you should not try to be in more than two places. So if you want to be in multiple places, you have to do repurposing. Yes, I absolutely totally agree with you. And I even go to the point of my blog post is my main content and Pinterest is my main social media platform, but I'm everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm just everywhere. And so when I make a a reel or a short form video, I've been using big view so that it's a teleprompter style. So I'm looking at the camera and it looks like I'm speaking perfectly, which I'm not ever. And I'm filming it, right? And I download it to my phone. I right then put it everywhere. And it used to take me an hour each 
time that I was doing that for a, a short form video. And now it takes me 20 minutes. You learn the tips and tricks, but one piece of advice, when you take a video and you're uploading it into different platforms, always use the text overlay, whether it's YouTube short, idea pin, reel, TikTok, wherever it is, always put, and you must use keywords, San Jose wedding, or if you're talking about the gorgeous West, San Jose wedding, look at this gorgeous dress, like whatever it is, put it in platform. It takes a little bit more, but again, for me, whatever that is, I take it and stick it in my notes and my cell phones. So when I'm posting on the platform, I just copy and paste because those are search engines on every single platform. Whatever text you put on top of that video is search for you. So you will increase your analytics everywhere if you make sure you do that. Yeah, it's just a little bit more work and then a lot more reach. And that's how it's worth it. So you have to think of it like that. Yeah, my clients were making four short form videos a week. And she's like, that's literally all I can do. I can't even imagine putting it to all the platforms. And I said, well, in my opinion, I would do two a week and do it to all the platforms and she's doing amazing. So you still have to have it fit in your life. No matter what advice you get, educational advice you get, make it fit, but think outside the box instead of just allocating more time. So you can make sure to do four a week, maybe do two a week or three a week, because anything that you start doing, it gets easier and easier and it gets shorter and it takes less time. And then you can build back up to those four videos if you want. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Definitely. So if someone wants to get started with Pinterest, they've heard you speak and they're like, yeah, you've convinced me I need to do this. Where do they start? I'm very excited of the timing of you asking me to come on because I have done many challenges and many master classes over the years. And because I'm celebrating five years in business in May with my Pinterest agency, I am doing a huge challenge that is very low energy. I know my clients and what they want finally. And so we're doing six weeks. It's 45 minutes, one day a week. And then you have homework. So you get to learn, absorb, and then take action on that information. And then we meet again the next week. And that's for six weeks. And it's use Pinterest to grow your business. Because at the end of the day, we're not using social media because we love it, right? I mean, I love to scroll on it for sure, but I don't love doing it for my business if I'm being honest. So you want a profitable business. And so one way to get a profitable business is by doing it, just doing it. And so this is low energy, gives you time to get the work done and it's 100% free and we start next week. So you just have to go to the pinterestqueen.com slash challenge. And I'm sure I'll give you that link so that you can put it in the notes below. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, so like, if I can ask you a final question, what would you recommend someone if they wanted to build a sustainable business? That is a great question. And I'm going to answer it maybe differently than others have. I think because of what I said in the beginning, a sustainable business is not just one that's profitable and not just one that you enjoy, but it's one that you still have a personal life and you can enjoy that without the stress and strain of said business. So if there's one thing I would say to do is 
each quarter or each year, if you want. I like each quarter because life changes in a quarter. So each quarter, again, I do this monthly, but at least each quarter, assess where your business is now. Do you want more clients or do you want more money? Because if you want more money, you don't have to have more clients. You can raise your prices. If you want more clients, then you're just going to have to market more. No, I'm just kidding. Assess what you want from your business. Assess if you're still happy doing what you're doing. And if there's pieces that you don't like, can you outsource it? Or can you just not do it? Because sometimes that is okay too. And make sure that your personal life is happy in that way also. Even if you have an unhappy personal life for personal reasons, sometimes a business can still be a, that make that all worse, right? So are you giving yourself time for reflection, for rest, real rest, rest like mani pedis or a massage or rest like reading a book or for me, watching reality TV and just vegging out, like make sure you have that time too. So my answer is assess, assess where you are on a regular basis and be brutally honest. And that's how you have a sustainable business. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Sorry, I always have the long answers for everything. <laughs> no, but that's perfect. I think that's great. Can you say like where we can find you on Instagram and Pinterest, of course? Yes. Jen Vasquez Media everywhere except YouTube, which is Jen Vasquez. And I have a podcast, Marketing Strategy Academy podcast. Perfect. I'll be linking to that and make sure that everyone can easily find it by clicking the links. And then I'm hoping that people are going to start showing up on Pinterest and following your strategies and coming to your uh, challenge. Yes. If you sign up for my challenge the first day, please put in the comments that you found me from this podcast. That would just make my day. <laughs> what if they're listening to this a little bit after? Because I don't know when this is going to air. So can they still join? It will be evergreen. I'm going to repeat it again in three to six months, depending on how much Pinterest changes, because I like to make sure I'm updating everything. So it will be evergreen. Yes. Perfect. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. So thank you so much. And this has been great. I feel like I've learned so much and you're making me want to go back into Pinterest and start using it again. <laughs> I hope you do come to the challenge. I think you'll learn a lot. I definitely should. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Okay. Perfect. I'll see you then. All right. Perfect. Thank you. You just listened to an episode of Sustainable Photography. Please share this episode with a photographer you care about. 